From Leader in Me Studios, I'm Molly Garcia. This is The Empowering Teacher. Have you ever been in a staff meeting where you ventured out to share your brilliant idea, only to be followed up with a curt, thank you, and moving on? As empowering educators, we know that in order to do our work effectively, we need each other and all the gifts and talents we have to offer. And with a profession where things change quickly, we need to try solutions that may have never existed in the past. So how do we create an intentional space where we're valued for our differences and are safe to take risks in the ideas we bring to the table while holding on to that passion and heart that brought us to our profession? To help us work through these questions and bring light to the work we get to do as educators, we welcome back the president of Franklin Covey Education and New York Times bestselling author, Sean Covey. Sean, as always, welcome to the Empowering Teacher Podcast. Thank you so much, Molly. It's always great to be with you. Oh, likewise as well. It's always a good day when we got Sean on the podcast for sure. So I want us to jump just right into our conversation today. And if you wouldn't mind just in your experience, what do people think Habit 6 Synergize is? Well, sometimes people think it's be nice. (laughs) It's a lot more than just being nice. And it's uh, really, if you think about it, you know, Seven Habits has two parts, private victory and the public victory. And the private victory is about you and getting yourself right and making sure you're on top of your game individually. And it helps you become an independent person, which is a really good thing, right? But truly effective people, that's why it's called the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, truly effective people work well with others. And synergy is the fruit that you get when you practice Habit 4, which is think, win, win. That's the foundation for good relationships. I care about you. I care about me. And then habit five, seek first to understand, then to be understood. And then six is what you get when you practice four and five. A quick definition of six is synergizes the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. It's that simple. And that together, your differences and my differences can become complementary and can create something better than what you've got in mind and what you bring to the party and what I bring to the party. That's a real thing, and synergy happens all the time. It's the outcome of living the other habits. I love that, the culmination of them coming together. So two highly effective practices when it comes to habit six. There's value differences and seek third alternatives. And when we say it that way, it's simple, right? What keeps us from entering into this space of synergy? It's when we don't do either of those. It starts with, you know, you seeing differences as a threat, as something to be worried about, as something that is going to get in the way. And, you know, differences are good. And if we can learn to value each other's differences, because we all bring so many differences to the table, right? And it's not just the traditional ways of thinking about ethnicity and race and gender. Those are differences, yes. But everyone's different in the way they think. We're all wired differently and we've all had different childhood experiences. And so we all see the world so differently. And if we can communicate respectfully and communicate long enough, it's amazing what can happen when we value differences. So we don't see good modeling on TV with all the the talk shows and a lot of the news stations. There's no listening going on, right, between people. You're getting a lot of contention, not the valuing of differences and respecting differences. And so... That's how it begins. It's just saying, you know what? This person I'm working with is so different than me. And isn't that good? Isn't that great? Because I think together we can create something better. Every time we talk about Habit 6, I 
immediately come back to in our seven habits workshop materials. There's this one quote. It's amazing how much you can accomplish when it doesn't matter who gets the credit. And it instantly provides this like conversation around letting go of ego. And and when we do that, how the possibilities open up and we kind of lessen that pressure. What would you add to that? I think it's right on. I think I've always loved that quote. Kind of relieves you and yeah, <laughs> kind of loosens yeah. things up, you know. And it's so true and we all have experienced that, right? I mean, just watching I'm a big NBA fan. And I was just reading last night and I live in Utah, so I always watch the Utah Jazz and the coach yesterday was just saying, you know, Utah just beat the top ranked team in the NBA, the Phoenix Suns. And- hey, that's my team. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, but not not really. <laughs> well, anyway, and afterwards uh, they said, what happened? He goes, we just have an unselfish team. No one cares who gets the, the points. And because of that, it makes us really hard to beat. And that's the spirit of synergy is we don't care who gets the credit. We're all in this together. We, we bring different strengths and we value those differences, right? Yeah. And it's so descriptive of just the heart of an educator. There's that humility that not worrying about, like, just like you said, who's going to get the credit and letting those egos, you know, checking them out at the door. The other piece that really reminds me of that tends to come up in conversation as well is this paradigm of compromise and this aha during our seven habits workshop when this, it's like this awareness where we've always thought compromise was the win. And we realize, oh my gosh, like maybe there's something better to move out of that idea of compromise. What needs to shift in our paradigm to support true synergy? You know, compromise has been made out to be a really good thing and it's not a bad thing, but it's synergy is a higher level of cooperation, right? And uh, sometimes, you know, two people come together, they have a difference of opinion and it can be contentious where you get one plus one equals a negative one because of the contention that's involved. You see that a lot in politics and sometimes with divorces and that kind of thing. But uh, then you've got compromise, which is, you know, one plus one, it can equal one and a half. Better than the one, but it's not a two. And synergy is, you know, we use the description of one plus one equals three, or it can even be 10 or 100. Sometimes you can come up with solutions that are so good because it involves the differences of everybody that you can get an outcome that's just, way better than what either person had in mind to start with. So you see this happen all the time. You see it in sports. Sometimes these amazing sports teams that go so far. We can all think of times in our lives where we've had immense synergy on a team, whether it's a group of third grade teachers that had great synergy or a team that you were on of some kind, or sometimes in your home. Sometimes we we have synergy with our spouses, with our kids, it all comes to believing that there are third alternatives. That's the foundation of it, is I believe that if we communicate well, we can come up with something that's better than what we, what you have in mind and what I have in mind right now. And I find that if people are skeptical or if they aren't you know, willing to communicate enough or if they're always, I'm, you know, think I'm right and they don't listen and practice habits four and five, it's really difficult to come up with third alternatives. When we find ourselves like in this course of conflict, right? Whether it's with a team member, a parent, or a student, and we're in this space of conflict, how do we get back to the path of synergy that you were just describing? It's hard, right? Because the the conflict comes up and you feel the tension and then you're just hoping, you're hoping to get out of there with compromise at best, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think the key there is to go back and start listening again. Oftentimes, the person doesn't feel heard, the other person, and so they'll push really hard on something and it causes that contention. Just go back and do more habit five. Seek first to understand. And you do that simply by saying words like, help me understand you correctly. If I understand you the way I think you're saying this, you mean this. Or can you tell me more? That's always a good statement is is tell me more and reflect back what they're saying in your own words. I'm just thinking about like doing that with students. Like if they're struggling with working through a habit, go back to that habit that's right below it and connected to see what skills and strategies and highly effective practices we could build and support to bring them back to what we're aiming after with the habit we're working on. So much brilliance in that. So I have to ask you, so how would a, a PLC or, you know, an action team, how do they know they're in synergy versus just working in a group? Like what's the difference? I think sometimes pe- people will make an assumption that, oh, synergy is just working together in a group. What's the difference between the two? Yeah, I think synergy is where you come up with a third alternative. It's when you get threes, right, out of one plus one, and you can feel it. You can sense it. You can feel the excitement in the room. It gets light bulbs going, and people talk about it afterwards, right? That's synergy. And you're not going to get synergy every second all the time, right? But if you're working in a PLC and you want that to be cooperative, you want there to be good feelings, you want to do a lot of listening and laughing and talking, right? And then the synergy is where you well, there are some differences and there are some problems to be solved or new opportunities that come up and you figure out something, you're creating something, it's, it's creative. You're creating something that doesn't exist right now, right? And you believe that these can happen. And this is why it's always important to ask a question in situations like this, especially when there's differences and people see it differently, is to say, would you agree to Talk about this till we can come up with something that we both feel good about that's better than what we have in mind right now. You can phrase that in so many different ways, right? But it kind of provides a framework for saying, yeah, if we can talk about this respectfully, let's go for something better than we have in mind right now. You know, we've got a better solution to this problem we're having in our school or we're having an attendance problem and you're seeing it differently and coming up with a solution that you hadn't thought of before because of the differences and you've got to be open and vulnerable to different opinions, right. To get there. That's why I think in, you know, as you just said it, you got to oftentimes go back to habit five or habit four to get to habit six. Sometimes you have to go back to the private victory. Yeah. That's exactly what I was just going to say. You read my mind. Yeah. Because you've got to be vulnerable. You've got to be secure, right? Yeah. And that's such a great moment of reflection for us just as educators Sometimes we can forget that we want this great outcome of synergy for our students. And so many times they haven't, right, built those deep roots in habits one, two, and three. And just reminding ourselves that we're always a work in progress. And and I love that you gave us permission that we could be here in a situation. Sometimes we need to come back a little bit and, and work on some of those other habits that can strengthen the relationships when we're working with other people. I mean, just great permission to be able to do that. So thank you for that, Sean. I know that the other thing that, I, that is kind of coming to mind right now is sometimes when we're working with a student and there's conflict or compromise, it can sneak up on us. And it's usually because it's great intention. We're just going for efficiency, whether it's just marking it off our to-do list or, you know, we want to move to the next agenda item or the next subject that we're teaching. And we know that can sometimes limit us to something that's outside of an abundant outcome. So just what are some strategies 
that you can offer our listeners to help in these situations where we want to go to compromise just because it seems like the quick thing to do, but we know it's not necessarily going to give us the outcome we want? I'd say, first of all, that, uh, you know, sometimes compromise is okay. And I think when it comes to politics, sometimes it works, it works fine, right? But there's often better alternatives. There's usually better alternatives. My experience is that you can usually find a third alternative 80% of the time if you're willing to communicate long enough. And I think it starts with just asking the question, you know, would you be willing to talk about this till we find something that's better than what we have, we're both talking about right now? Just try that. Next time you have a conversation with someone where you're seeing it differently. But I think it's just, it's challenging kind of your solution, you know? So we came up with this, how do we all feel about this? Oh, it's okay. Well, it kind of looks like we've got a compromise here, but you think we could come up with something better? What if we were to brainstorm a little bit longer? Do you think we could give that a try and see if we can come up with something we'd all feel better about? You know, just little prods like that, I think, can go a long way. And just, I think, having the paradigm that, you know, one plus one equals one and a half, which is compromise, isn't nirvana. And uh, we should have a higher standard. And I don't think we should allow all the modeling we see in, on TV and in talk shows and in so many areas, we just see bad modeling of contention, right? And no one listening to the other side. We, we got to get those out of our heads and think of ways of finding third alternatives. You know, another thing to go back to is just uh, knowing the person that you're working with or the people and getting to know them better. And that's why I think, you know, having time together. I know when uh, Satyay Nadala, the new CEO of Microsoft, came in, the first thing he did was he said, we don't have synergy at, at Microsoft. In fact, he referred to a cartoon they made of the Microsoft organizational chart that showed all the different uh, areas with guns pointed to each other, right? He said, this is the kind of culture we've created. It's competitive. And he just spent a lot of time with his executive team, getting to know each other, talking about what's important to you, no business, just getting to know each other, right? And you start to appreciate people and you start to see you're not so different than me. And you have that challenge and I've got my challenges. And and so I think oftentimes that's another route to synergy is, to, you know, back up and spend time getting to know the people you're dealing with. And watch how it opens up valuing differences and and people are more open to the idea of we could we could find something that works better for everyone. Yeah, that's a beautiful paradigm shift that has a great result. And I'm also hearing you say, give ourselves permission to lean into time. And you know, I think you use the word prodding, right? Just ask those key questions that'll lead us to synergy. When we when we think we've arrived at compromise, what are some other possibilities that we can lean into? Sean, thank you for reminding us that there's so much more than just compromise and, and really seeing the potential we unleash in ourselves, of course, and our teams when we truly live in synergy. All right. So we love this part of the podcast. It's the What Would Sean Do segment. And we're going to switch over this time. We're going to go back to our habit chat cards, which is one of our favorite just tools that we have on leaderme.com. If you have not had a moment to check into those resources. It's a great way to dig into the seven habits as well as the leader me five core paradigm. So we're going to jump right into our questions, Sean, with what is the first thing that comes to mind when you hear the question, what would you like to change? Lose weight. 
first, when you think of what would you like to change, what, when you hear that word change, what comes to mind? Well, when I, when I hear the word change, you know, I just, I love that word. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love the spirit of continuous improvement and getting better, changing things. I always want to fix everything. <laughs> so yeah. I just have a positive feeling toward the word change. Yeah, I'm seeing the word opportunity blare for you when you hear change. <laughs> Is there ever a time when giving up makes sense to you? Yes, I think so. I see it happen sometimes with, uh, you know, athletes. And I, I'm just looking at my own children sometimes and they want to pursue something so hard and they're not very good at it. I never tell them, don't stop doing it. But I think it's sometimes good for them to say, you know, I'm going to stop doing this because I'm not that good at it. And I could be very good at this, right? Using it as an opportunity to see other great things happening. Yeah, exactly. And I think we've got to use self-awareness where we've got uh, understanding of ourselves and our strengths and weaknesses and talents and and to kind of know, I think it's, it's a gift to know when to keep pushing and being perseverant. And other times where you need to pull back and stop and, and change course. The key word, self-awareness. I love that. All right. Last question. What do you want to be remembered for? I hope that my children, first of all, most of all, most importantly, would remember me the way I remember my father, which is he loved me. He believed in me and we're close as siblings because of how dad modeled this. Thank you for just jumping into these questions and having some fun with us. Everyone will be right back with some more greatness from Sean in just a moment. Do you wish you had a resource that could support you in dealing with challenging student behaviors and aligning with the highly effective practices of the seven habits? I'm Terry Johnson, coach consultant from Las Vegas. My current favorite resource is the seven habits profile. This tool is a self-measurement assessment that can also be utilized in the formation of positive affirmations for students in the form of I can statements. It's available in three different versions, one for younger students, one for intermediate students, and one for older students and adults. So whether you're focusing on a habit of the day, a habit of the week, or a habit of the month, check out this resource, the seven habits profile, on leaderandme.com. Welcome to the Paradigm Pause. Today, let's take a moment to reflect on a paradigm we can hold around how we work with others. Moving from a paradigm where we tolerate and compromise to one where we value differences and seek third alternatives, where we let go of our egos and untether ourselves from the need to do things as we always have. Today, Sean asks us to consider saying thank you to someone when they disagree with us. Don't get upset. Instead, lean into the conversation and value the differences as a way to get better, as a way to see different possibilities. When we approach life with this paradigm, we let go of the need to take credit or claim the solution as mine or yours. Instead, we choose to bring everyone's ideas to the table to create something better than we could have ever imagined on our own. Synergy, it's not about my way or your way. It's not a tug of war. It's about taking an all hands on deck approach where everyone's ideas amplify our results. 
Welcome back, everyone. We always end our podcast episode with one doable action step or strategy that the empowering teacher can take right back to the classroom. So keeping our focus on the power of habit six, what is one thing that our teachers can move forward with today that will have a big impact? One doable action step is anytime you hear something or see something that's different, say to yourself in your mind or say it out loud in public, good, you see it differently. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I love it's that. a, it's yeah. kind of a, a mindset that says, you know, that's great that, that we're on mm-hmm. opposite sides of the table. Cause, and you say it in a positive way, you know, it doesn't have to be those exact words, but it's the whole idea of well, go, that's great. You, you know, you acknowledge it yeah. you respect it. And you say that mentally in your head, or you just say it out loud. And that's so doable. And just see that and that with that paradigm shift of what a great gift we have when we do see things differently. Sean, thank you for sharing that paradigm. Thank you for sharing your genius with us today. And of course, a big thank you to our listeners. Keep shining. You've got this.